Hello everyone, I hope you are well. I'm Carlos Carnicero Uravallen and I want to welcome you all to Future is Blue, a series of podcasts bringing together top experts from academia and think tanks to discuss the most pressing European economic and policy challenges of today. This is a Funkas Europe initiative and we hope we can bring new ideas for a more inspiring debate about Europe. Today we're here to cover the global battle for the production of semiconductors and whether Europe has a real plan to lead on this area. A couple of months ago, the European Commission announced the EU CHIPS Act, an initiative putting together 11 billions of public funds for the research, design and manufacture of semiconductors. The goal is to mobilize a total of 43 billion euros of public and private investment until 2030. To discuss this crucial subject, we're joined by Elena Pisonero, a top expert with plenty of entrepreneurial and business experience. Elena is the founder and CEO of Taldig, a business consulting agency. And before that, she was president of ISPASAT, and she was also Spain's ambassador to the OECD and Spanish Secretary of State for Trade, Tourism, Tourism and SMEs. Elena, thank you so much for joining the Futurist Blue podcast. Thank you, Carlos. It's a pleasure to, to join you. Thank you. Um, so, Elena, before we go into more details, I'd like, you, I'd like to start with a sort of basic question. And, and I'd like to ask you, why are these components so critical for our economies? Well, uh, it's an important and pedag pedagogical question because uh, I think, uh, in, in especially in this uh, 21st century, we are involved in uh, a quite an important transformation in terms not just uh, digital, but technologically. So almost everything uh, and even every person in life is connected. So to make it possible to be really connected and be in the real world, you have to be the right hardware. And uh, in this sense, semiconductors, chips are everywhere and making possible this uh, uh, all, all connected everywhere, every time. So we are in this connected world that uh, in which chips and semiconductors are the main uh, the main component to make it possible. I understand. And I think the, the EU Commission, as I said before, has a plan. And the plan, the name of the initiative is the EU CHIPS Act. And I think it's very, it's very ambitious. But I wonder, uh, in your opinion, how realistic is this plan? Or, or what are the key ingredients for this plan to be a success? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think at first is uh, clearly, um, well, uh, a willingness to, to really cope with the accelerating changes, changes in the world. And so I think the EU, at least, has uh, well realized how important it is to, to have uh, or to be in control with the whole value chain of uh, economy in general, not, not just to be a legislator or the big biggest market in the world in order to, 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 to be relevant. So I think, uh, first of all, it's important to 
in, in the sense that it recognizes that EU understands how the world works. That wasn't the case uh, even five, ten years ago. So good news first. The second, uh, and, and I think it's not naive, it's, it's, I was really uh, shocked being the world moving very fast and uh, Europe being inwards, uh, thinking about how united we are, uh, Brexit, other issues that are really important, but are not the only one, because uh, the rest of the world uh, is, is moving and moving very fast. So first, good news. Uh, secondly, I think uh, we are in this uh, accelerated world going through a very complex and even dangerous process of fragmentation and deglobalization de in a way. Uh, I think the first big sign uh, was probably the financial crisis in 2018. But it, but uh, mainly the COVID uh, crisis that put on the table that we weren't uh, in control of uh, basic uh, goods and services that are covering our needs. So it's to say, first, the the world is moving very fast and is doing uh, all on, on on different premises. We are get used to. So it's digital, it's technological. And the second is that we have to take care of the whole value chain because there are people that are conditioning our daily uh, um, well-being. <laughs> uh, that's, that's the case of medicines and uh, even the, 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 the masks we need to, to face or to cope with COVID. And so, uh, well, we say, well, come on. Uh, we, we thought we were the master of the world and we are not so. And, uh, and so this fragmentation of the value chain, or let's say in another way, we are not in control of the whole process of supplying our goods. Uh, it's uh, a very, very important uh, shock for the European Union as to say, well, Let's do something. So, good news. Uh, but I don't know if uh, we are going to be able to go from uh, willingness, that is the first uh, step, to, to deliver. And, uh, of course, this is the crucial point. Uh, it's not only a strategy, but mainly execution. Are we are we dismantling globalization as we as we knew it before before COVID and probably before the financial crisis? I mean, uh, so before I think the theory was that no matter where things were produced, it was rather it was important to consider whether the prices were good, the the, the production was competitive, it was efficient, and then you would buy it no matter where. But now we are shifting, and you mentioned the masks, you mentioned the key components for the healthcare sector to deal with a healthcare crisis. And now we're talking about chips and, and you know, there's some data that, that is quite, it, it's quite shocking. So in the 90s, Europe was producing around 40% of these components. In, the tw in, in 2000, this was about 24%. And currently, Europe is producing around 10% of these uh, critical components. 
So I, I wonder, there's, there's, you're, you're saying that the good news is that Europe has realized how the world works. And, and now, the, so is, is this going backwards? Is it about fine-tuning globalization as we knew it before? And what, what, is your, what, is, what are your thoughts on it? Well, my view, my view is quite particular because I think that uh, it's not us uh, who are dismantling uh, the global trade uh, model. I'm, I'm fully convinced about free trade as a basis for progress and uh, I, I, even an inclusive progress. Uh, but, 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 a very big B is that uh, free trade is good if we are playing the same rules. And I think that's the crucial point I realized in early this century when I was at the OECD. Uh, when we were we were discussing about including China and in, uh, in, in the global system, and everybody was really mad about it, very happy. Oh, we are going to sell a lot. We are going to have a, a big increase in, in in trade because there are more than than one thousand million Chinese. So imagine the market. And I was realizing, of course, uh, we are here in the OECD to level the playing field. If you're not really, uh, well, uh, I, I must say, if you're not loyal, if you're not real to your principles, uh, how, how on earth <laughs> they are going to comply those that don't really believe in them? You know what I mean? So uh, rules are the key of any Western, and I pointed out from the very beginning, Western model rules and you you have to comply with them firstly and it wasn't the case of united states in some time in this century so you have to comply and make it uh make them uh uh real so really uh really giving the authority to the to the institutions to the multilateral institutions uh trying to do so. So I think it's not uh, now, but uh, some years uh, ago, that we really were so proud about our system as not to take care of it. And so what the others are doing is benefiting from a really big and important uh, free trade system, but playing their rules. And with different rules, it doesn't work. So, so is it. So, and uh, and uh, and so it's not us. We we really believe in it, but we were quite well uh, lazy about playing our rules. And so now we realize that, uh, of course, me as an economist, I'm very happy because globalization is really a success. Uh, many, many thousand, uh, some thousand million people are going out from poverty, that's the case in China and India. And we are going through it now because <laughs> reversing, because we really don't play the rules we put on the table. And uh, you have uh, to be very careful. So this is one part. And the other part, uh, sorry for, for being so long. The other part is that our security, global uh, security system, uh, is basic stability is the the basis for development and progress and so our politicians and international uh, policymakers thought of some some many years ago 
after the Second World War that uh, interdependence is key to be uh, not to be uh, aggressive <laughs> to each other. It's like a joke in Spain with a dentist. We are not going to, to hurt each other. So, uh, so we are getting increasingly interdependent, but uh, thinking that it would be the best way to have peace and to, to so through this, to, to, to increase progress and benefit each other, like uh, David Ricardo said many years ago, if you are better at this, why I'm going to produce it? If I'm going to 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 get the benefit of the lower cost doing you uh, so so, uh, and, and it's very good. But it, we have to link it with the other question I mentioned. If we are not really playing the rules, uh, when you are in difficult times, you are not in good position to to negotiate to bargain. And so you are given the the tools. I'm not going to say the arms. You are given the tools, but you are not playing the game. So uh, I, we are in the middle of this process, you know. So I think free trade is very good. I think interdependence is very good, but we have to play the same rules. And and Europe, uh, I think, is weak in many in many uh, in many ways is the strongest in another ways. And we have to look for the right balanced strategy, but not being naive and not being pride. I wanted to ask you about the um, the war in Ukraine, because I think this this, this further, I think it's a, it's a great example of what you were saying of, of, of going backwards in terms of interdependency, because we are, we are, um, we are we are dismantling the ties we had with Russia before for I think for good reasons we are imposing sanctions and we are stop trading with Russia and I think uh, for instance I've read that Russia produces some components such as neon palladium and C4 F6 which are important to to produce um, microchips so uh, this again uh, confirms the idea that we need to be autonomous for the production of some key elements that are important for our economies. But on the other hand, this complicates our plan because these components are, I guess, they are difficult to find. Yeah, this is uh, always the debate. But I think we have to really uh, learn, be able to learn uh, from past mistakes. <laughs> and so I think autarky is inefficient. So one thing is autonomy and the other thing is to be autarkic. Uh, so we need to, to look carefully about, uh, well, uh, looking for the right, uh, it's, I'm not, we are not going to get the best, but probably the second best, uh, Pareto equilibrium, <laughs> to see, well, uh, we, we, we have to be more autonomous than we are now, and we have to look carefully to those components to those industries or probably uh, processes that uh, will give us uh, some uh, more strength in terms of uh, negotiation. I think we have, we need to be interdependent. We can't be autarkic. We are going, if we do so, we are going to be poor <laughs> uh, uh, earlier than later. Uh, and so we have to look for this, uh, well, I don't know, it's, it's a big debate. Uh, me as a liberal, I'm quite 
uncomfortable, but I'm not naive. This is the difference. So I think we have to look for the right uh, parts in which we need to be uh, better, uh, well, stronger, stronger. And we are very weak in, in many areas. And that's why uh, the, the European Union is looking for some sector in which we can really be uh, leaders. That's the the energy, green energy, and uh, or uh, even in terms of uh, industry, uh, digital technological industry. So we can and we must put uh, some effort. But we are not going to be autonomous. I don't think so. But we are increasingly fragmented. And what is most uh, the most important thing, I think, is that we need to look for some rules to, to negotiate that, uh, in my view, and I'm quite idealistic, Carlos, I think not uh, some rules that are not going to be in conflict with our principles of values. I think the problem why we are here is because we dismissed, uh, we really don't didn't take care of our principles of values, and these are our strengths for sure that the others don't have. And so when we are, well, we, we, we are, well, politics is one thing and business is other. We are making a big, big mistake. For decades, we were doing trade agreements and we, we didn't keep our core principles uh, as, some, as something we should, uh, like, are you thinking about labor standards? Are you thinking about sustainability standards? What, what are your... I think we have to negotiate. We have to look for the right equilibrium. But in my point, the failure or the mistake is to 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 agree too early and not uh, take care of principles and values that are structural to us. And for example, as a woman, I can't I can't accept any any concession about uh, women' rights. For example, so when we are looking other way about countries and uh, states uh, not not considering, not accepting the role of women, I can't accept it. And I think it's a a weakness for Europe. I think so. What about what about the idea? What about the idea that you know? I think it is an idea that was driving, especially German trade policy for a while. And it's the idea that you, when you engage and you do trade with partners that are different, you get to influence them. This is part of my, my yeah, that, that's part of my, my point. You are, I think, you are a pride. No, it's not proud, but pride about thinking as my model is the best. Of course, is the best. Uh, if I am uh, interacting, you are going to come my way. And, and this, it's based on a false premises. Um, false premise because they don't really want your values they are not playing your rules you know what I mean so that's why I think we, we, we were imperialists thinking that we are going to, to impose our, our principles uh, for sure because we are the best no it was because we were the strongest <laughs> but not not anymore not anymore <laughs> they are stronger <laughs> All right, I think we're we're coming to an end, but I think it was Elena. It was great having you on on Futurist Blue podcast. So many ideas. Um, I th I think we enjoyed it and think we we gave great context of what's at stake here with this initiative and, and other considerations related to globalization and where we're going. 
but but let me let me say a final word i think we we need to trust us because it's us uh, to deliver so i think we have very good principles and values but for sure these are our values and we have to take care of them so we need to be self-confident about our values i like that i think it's a great idea to finish this conversation elena take care Thank you so much, and, and, and I hope you will accept our invitation in the future to join us again. It was great. Uh, it will be great to see you in Brussels as well. Thank you. Thank you all for joining. This was all for now. We will come back soon with more exciting speakers on Europe's economic and policy-related key debates. Future is Blue is a Funcas Europe initiative. I'm Carlos Carnicero Ravallen, and if you enjoyed this podcast, feel free to recommend it to others and share it on social media. Thank you all and stay well.